today on the Damedini show, what we're going to be talking about and who we're going to be talking to is um, Marina Esiri. She's a YouTube content content creator um, and um, she's a HR personnel as well. So we're just going to be talking about what it's like being an immigrant in Saskatchewan, the expectations, the culture shock. We're just having a fun conversation. Um, but before we go into that, please, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel or my podcast, please do so. All the links are always in my bio. I have a bunch of podcasts, a bunch of amazing people that I interviewed in the African Canadian community um, that have been amazing, inspirational. We talk about things that are happening in our community. Um, and so please, I would really appreciate if you can show me your love and your support. First of all, I don't even take that for granted. But if you can just show me your love and support by just going to my um to the link in my bio, following me on YouTube, um, checking out my podcast. Anyways, my guest is here. So I'm just going to bring her in and we're going to have a very fun and interesting conversation. Ah Marina, yeah. Yeah, yeah, fine. Hey. I mean, that's my idea. Do you know that I did it wasn't until I checked out your vlog a few weeks ago that I realized that you have two children. <laughs> I say he. <laughs> Marina, yeah, what else? Two human, like big. That's why I see I'm my sister. <laughs> well, well, hi guys, hi, welcome everyone. So we're just going to be having this conversation. I wanted it to be light, it's fun. Um, talking about our experience as immigrants in Saskatchewan. Now, in case you don't know, we are in Saskatchewan, Canada. Marina is in Saskatoon. I'm in Regina. Um, and I just wanted to, because she's a YouTube content creator, she, she talks about her, you know, her immigrant journey and the experience and all that. And I wanted us to just have like a fun conversation as to how it has been so it's even good see she has a family i mean i don't have a family yet so you get two different perspectives so first of all let's start from you marina introduce yourself let's get to know you we want to who is marina this tell me about yourself interview question that makes everybody sweat okay <laughs> <laughs> okay so my name is marina I'm originally Nigerian. I have lived in um, Saskatoon for just a little under four years now. It'll be four years next week since I first moved here. I came straight here. And the question I get from everybody is what? Why Saskatchewan of all the places in Canada? Well, this was the only place where I had uh, a family friend in the entire country. And it was important to us to land in a place where we had some kind of support, where there was somebody on ground to help us settle in. So yeah, I've been here since then. I am a mom, two little ones who are now the bosses in this house, and uh, <laughs> I work in HR. Oh. I'm a content creator, like some of you already know. I talk about my experiences as a Nigerian immigrant in Canada, in Saskatchewan, and just share tips to help um, newcomers that are coming behind me make better choices, better decisions. So that is Marina in a nutshell. Uh, and I like to talk. Nice. So you got to have info and ride. I'm really excited about this. So, okay, so I came to Saskatoon in um, 2010. I came for um, university. And um, I actually moved from Saskatoon last year. Um, but I, I came from Grand Prairie. I didn't come because I came as an international student. I was the agency that we used then, you know, had affiliations with 
some schools in Grand Prairie and Fort St. John. Mm-hmm. I went to Grand Prairie Regional for the first two years of my life. I don't like to talk about it because I just deleted it. So it was a village, village. So me coming <laughs> to Saskatoon was like, it was like the big city experience <laughs> yeah. for me. So I had sort of like a different reaction. What was your first experience? Because for me, when I was coming from Nigeria, I came, I was 18 when I came to Canada um, for college. And when I came, there was this expectation that I had, you know, like the college experience. You, you know how TV now, US college experience, there'll be yeah. leaders, there'll be... I mean, I even went to a village first, so that did not happen, right? So after two years of being humbled by my expectations and then coming to Saskatoon, I had like this, wow, I'm in Lagos, big city mentality. So for you, what was what was your experience like? What was your expectations coming to Saskatchewan or Saskatoon and um, what was the reality for you? Okay, so because we had a friend who had landed like a couple of months before we did, mm-hmm. he had already done a good job um, preparing the ground, like helping us manage the expectations. Of course, I knew it wasn't going to be like the Toronto or the Calgary's. So I had no, except for the few times I Googled the place and looked at images, you know, I had no um, expectations sort of because my friend had told us, okay, this is what's here. This is population. This was... I had some kind of expo, so it helped me to manage the expectations when I landed. But when I came, initially it was like, okay, okay, is this all? Like, is this it? <laughs> I lived in Abuja, right? Abuja is not as, I don't know, I don't know how to compare, but I had that whole very busy, urban, metropolitan, like that kind of place. But it wasn't, it wasn't a major disappointment, I would say, but it wasn't as... I don't know. I don't know how to explain this. I had no mental picture. So everything that I saw here formed the first mental image mm. that I had. But I thought it would be maybe busier, maybe just a little more noisy, like what I'm used to. But because mm. I had some kind of background preparation coming in, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot of a shocker for what I saw. Right? So, so far, have you had any culture shock? Have you had anything that just makes you question that? <laughs> Girl! Like, what's <well>, so- <laughs> absolutely have you have you heard about the saskatchewan winter (laughs) of course that for me i think that was like the hardest part that was like the first part so we landed in may and it wasn't so um cold when we came everybody else said it wasn't so cold but for like the first few weeks first few months i went everywhere with a sweater because in my opinion 18 degrees is not exactly warm Mm-hmm. You know, in Abuja, I'm used to seeing like 29 upwards. I had temperature of like 30, 35, 38. So coming to walk around in 16 degrees and everybody's wearing tank tops and say, oh, the weather is so beautiful outside today. I'm like, wait, what? What are they talking about? How can 16 degrees be weather beautiful? You guys are freezing, you know. The weather was like the first major shock for me. I still remember my first winter, the winter of 2016. People still believe it was mild. For me, I thought it was a death sentence, honestly. I was already in school towards the end of the year when winter, the main winter really started. So imagine having to go and catch a bus. I think it was like minus 33 degrees that particular day. I can't forget. I got on the bus and uh, the bus um, terminal was like two minutes or five minutes walk at the most to where my school was. Dami, that five minute walk from the bus to the door of the school. I thought I was going to die. By the time I got in the school, I could not feel my cheek. My, I could not feel anything. Your I just took off my jacket. Oh my God. I took off my jacket, went to the bathroom and just broke down. I started crying. Like 
I can't deal with this. Like, what am I doing here? Who even sends me this message? I called my husband that day. He's the one who always has to bear. <laughs> he always has to put up with the fallout, right? It was hard. That day, I just called him. I'm like, you know what? I don't know what we're doing here, but this is not going to work for me. You know, after like an hour or two, I calmed down, classes had started. And then I came back again to remind myself, like, okay, why are we really doing this? My husband did all the pep talk. Okay, babe, calm down. We'll get used to it. It's not easy for me to, but this is what we have to do for the, we made this choice to do this. And this is part of the sacrifice. This is part of the fallout of the decision. But that day, I can't really forget. It was so cold. And it was minus 33 degrees. You, re- you remember what happened this February, right? We had minus 50 in Saskatoon. Yes, now this you know? like, there was a particular year. I think I was still in Grand Prairie then. There was a particular year that there was like this winter storm. I can't even remember what the temperature was. But trust me, I think there hasn't been... I think that was... Should, was that 2009 or 2010? Like, there hasn't been anything. So every time I just remember how I survived that year. Uh, I'm just like, we can, we can do anything. But the <laughs> yeah. different thing about Saskatchewan is that, because I lived in Alberta, grandparents in Alberta, the, the different thing about Saskatchewan is that it's flat land. So you feel it. Oh, yeah. Because okay. in, That's true. The, in Alberta, they have mountains. So like the wind, wind chills. We can break it. Yeah. It, it will break it, right? But us, we feel it like you feel it directly. As we're coming. Yeah. Saskatchewan. Well. So what are the, in terms of like what about um the community, you know, in terms of community, what were your expectations like? Um and what was the reality? What is the reality? Well, community, for me I was afraid. Because I'd heard that story of when people live abroad, everybody mind your business, you can live in a place, none of your neighbors, you can be dead, people don't check, no, people don't care, people don't talk to each other. That's the, that's the impression that I had before we came here. But I would say Saskatoon has really um, exceeded my expectation in that area. People are friendly, like people will smile at you. People who you don't know, you can walk in public and people are smiling at you and I'm wondering like, okay, this is just, people are generally friendly here. That's mm-hmm. what I've noticed. And because I lived in a place where I already knew a couple of people, I could quickly start to now build a new community, um, to start to build a new support system and just try to recreate what it was that I had in Nigeria. I didn't think it was going to be overnight. I was willing to like pay the price, go the extra mile. I was the one who would reach out. I was very, I'm very community oriented. Okay, so I'm always on the lookout of what new relationships can we form? How can we do this together, collectively? You know, so I would invite, there were a few Nigerians in the block that I live in. From time to time, I would ask all of them, hey, what are you doing today? Bring your children down. I would volunteer to babysit so they could have like a moment to breathe. Mm -hmm. But then the children are down with me, bonding with my own children. Mm -hmm. You know, so I have two little, I have two children. Both of them were their only friends for a while. I needed to expose them to other children in about their age range so that they can, for me, I just wanted them to expend the energy somewhere. I didn't want to be the only one <laughs> having to deal with all the energy they have. So yeah, imagine having to chase around six children instead of two, but I saw how much it helped my children. So that was a sacrifice I was willing to take on from time to time when my children are having birthday, something is happening. I always looked for opportunities to get people together. Like bring all of us together to say, okay, let's do something together just to foster that community spirit, what I've always known in Nigeria. So I tried, I pretty much uh, put in some efforts to recreate that. But basically the people that I met, the first set of friends I made were in school. People were generally friendly. 
honestly, generally really friendly. I found people were very forthcoming with information. When you ask questions, there's always somebody who wants to give you the information that you need. But I found that I had to make the effort. The information just didn't come to me by default. I had to stretch out the, uh, the hand of, you know, ask or relate to people who be friendly. And then the, it was reciprocate, reciprocated more than half the time. So I would say generally, I thought it was going to be worse, more closed off. But people were more friendly than I expected. And, and that's like, to be honest, that's one of the things that because a lot of times with what I do, everybody's always like, move to toronto move to toronto and i have not heard god tell me that yet so it's not something that i'm not i'm going to jump on just because for me the community here i find that the things that don't um that would matter in like bigger cities don't matter here you know i've i've been to some other cities and i see the way they sort of interact with one another and you know sort of look at okay what's your standing and all that kind of stuff and i see that maybe it's because there's just something about Saskatchewan that uh, I, I don't know. It's still very traditional here, yeah, sort of. Yeah, There's still that traditional undertone, like, yeah. You know, it closely mimics what we know in Nigeria. Yeah, so um, so it's one of the reasons that I love Saskatchewan, and um, I'm really glad for it. For me, the only thing that, you know, I, it's very easy to um, be in your own bubble, you know. It's very easy to be in your own space, because usually for a few people we have the same routine so it's like walk church school back walk, right church, back. <laughs> so it's kind of like you know it, it, there's that tendency to because it feels like there's nowhere else to explore true. which is not true true i always tell people this right one particular year i made up my mind i'm like well i can't afford to travel but i'm going to go to everywhere that is touristy in my city and i was so surprised to see plenty of places have, have you been to the western development museum no well i think so i think i've been there once i didn't really i didn't really oh. explore it as much as i would want i totally agree with you dami like if you don't if you don't really step out you don't know that things are happening i did a video uh um so early in the year i talked about the best and the worst things about living in saskatoon and somebody replied me just recently and said how uh, I've lived here for 10 years, I've been here, and I can take you around to show you. Because one of the disadvantages I listed there was that there are not enough fun things to do. They are not, if you really are the, if you imagine Lagos kind of living, and then you come mm -hmm. here, you're going to feel boxed. Like, it doesn't mm -hmm. feel like you have options of what to do. And person was like, uh, no, there are lots of things that you can do, and I can take you around. And when I listen to my colleagues at work, when they're talking about, oh, this is what I did. Have you checked this place? Have you checked that place? I'm like, okay, they, they, seriously, there are lots of things going on. It's just to know who to talk to, where to go, and what to do, what fun means to you. Because then again, for me, fun these days is playing time with my and my two children. <laughs> you know, but, so it's very relative. But you know what? That, and honestly, that's the truth. Like, and I find that for a lot of us as immigrants in, you know, in whatever city that we're in, it's just work, work, work there. And then we have our vacation as traveling. But we, we we don't even know what's in our city. We've not explored the whole of our city. This summer, it's not because of what's going on outside. Like, the plan is, I am going to explore every part of the city. And there are a lot of places that are also free. There are a lot of 
you know places that are not expensive so to me that was like for me that was like one of the because it was so easy to get locked up in that circle and not to make that routine yeah beyond that um circle so next question adjusting as an immigrant if you were to say five things five tips on top of your head as an immigrant what are the five first things you would tell someone that just landed in saskatchewan Hmm. number one go and subscribe to my youtube channel (laughs) everything is there you have heard number two to five subscribe again and hit the notification Well, the first thing I would tell anybody who's an immigrant in Canada, Saskatoon, wherever it is you're landing, is remember your why. What is the reason why you uprooted your life from your country? What is the reason why you gave up your job? What is the reason why you gave up your family? You moved away from everything that you're familiar with to now land in this place that's literally like in the middle of nowhere, far from everything. What is the reason why you're doing it? What is your why? It is very important to keep the why in front of you because the curves are going to come. There are things that will happen that you did not anticipate will happen. But it's an understanding, remembering your why. That's the thing that will keep you going. For me, the first thing that happened when I came here was the shocker of not being able to find a job. I have a microbiology degree, right? But all the work experience I had is in customer service, administration, and human resources. The -hmm. last four years before I moved from Nigeria, I was working in HR. In Nigeria, an employer understands when they see a mechanical engineer applying for a cashier job in the (laughs) bank. A Nigerian employer understands that transition because they know what we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. A Canadian employer, on the other hand, does not understand how you got microbiology training and you were able to use that to work in hr how they cannot wrap their head around it so that was the first thing that happened to me i could not convince people i would go for interviews there was one particular interview i was sitting right next to one of the interviewers and you know they would typically have interview notes i'd seen a couple of things she wrote in the notes i was not peeping it was in my eye range you guys (laughs) so she had written friendly, enthusiastic, I like the energy, but it always came down to skills and abilities. I could not convince them that my microbiology degree was enough training for me to sufficiently do my work as HR. That's why I had to go back to school. So for me, that was a curve. That was not something I saw coming, but my understanding of, Marina, you know what, you're here, you're here now, you're going to have to make the best of the experience here. And part of that will require you stepping back Part of that is going to require you taking steps back. It was a step back for me, going Mm. back to school, predominantly with people who just got out of high school, had been out of university for more than 10 years, and now had to go back. Like It was a lot of recalibration, understanding again, and it was my understanding of my why. That's how I was able to hold on through school, even under very harsh and adverse conditions. I was able to succeed at the program that I did. That's the major thing I would tell anybody. Understand your why. Number two, be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Be willing to break out of your bubble. You are going to have to do a lot of unlearning. There are a lot of things that we learned, a lot of things that we grew up with back in Nigeria that will be very relevant that here, it is completely unnecessary. You're going to have to unlearn those things. So be, keep enough room, keep enough, be flexible enough to make the changes that you need to succeed in this space because, I mean, we're going to need those changes. So give enough room to unlearn. Networking is also very key. You want to make sure that you're um, reaching out to people in the same field as you. Professional um, relationships are important. Um, 
Personal relationships are important. Be open. Don't keep your relationship only with the people that you know or the people from your own um, country. It is very important. As a Nigerian, it was important to me to meet other Nigerians because I felt that they would be more readily able to relate with some of my experiences. Uh -huh. But my, my relationships was not confined only to circle of Nigerians. Oh. The first set of friends I made were from different countries. Like I said, in my class, my class was like a very, it was not very diverse, but there were people from different countries there. And I was able to get along very well. There were, it was when I went to school, I knew there was a country called Burma. Oh. And she's one of my closest friends still today. Like, is Burma? Different, it's Burma. It's like somewhere in Asia. <laughs> See, even you don't know. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> So yeah, wow. that's how I felt. That she's one of my closest friends to today. And I'm learning about her culture, learning about her country, learning about things. For me, I had to. It was important for me to keep an open mind to learn about other people's culture. That's part of what it means to be Canadian, accepting, willing to learn, willing to yield to what's happening. So that's the general advice I'll give to everybody. Networking, relationships, understand your why and be flexible enough to unlearn. Humble yourself enough humble yourself canada is going to serve you the humble pie you know mm. <laughs> you humble yourself in, enough to be able to um adjust to the changes so there's something yeah, that you said, there's something that you that you said and i wanted you to, to talk a bit about because i've always wondered as i said i came here straight from high school um to for uni and um for a lot of people that have to come here and you know that have they've attained some level in their professional life and all that and they have to come here and pretty much start to go back to school with high school how how was that like like i, I just always wondered and i never really asked because it's pretty common but how was that like in, with respect to okay wow you're in class with like yeah really young people mm -hmm. how was that like share that experience with us it was not a very easy experience. I'm just going to be honest with you. It was, it was not a very easy experience. Like when I was in university, I had only myself to worry about. My, my tuition, my cost of everything was paid for by my parents. It's not very common to have people um, combine schooling and working in Nigeria. One thing is going to suffer. I'm more than half the time, it's always school that does, right? Mm -hmm. So it was now, now I, going from going to university, taking care of only myself, all I had to do was just read and pass because my allowance was coming, tuition had been paid. To now come here, well, first of all, well, after I realized that I had to go to school, of course I could not afford it. The tuition, the cost of the books was going to cost me a little over $10,000. Like how much was proof of funds that I bought? Books, <laughs> you know? So I had to apply to like an agency's immigrant access fund. That's what it was called at the time. They're called windmill micro lending now. I had to apply to them to get a loan to go to school. So that was already, my life here has not even started. I was already $10,000 in debt, oh. you know? So going to school was hard. Going from taking care of only myself, I now had to do it as a mom. My oh. children were three and two years old at the time when I went to school. Wow. So going to school like that, and then with the weather conditions, I was still trying to adjust to life here. And then suddenly you introduce, you have to read. And this program was intense. It was nine months of a lot of work. I did 23 courses, I think, in nine months. It was intense. I'm not going to lie. In nine but months? I had to, I had, in nine months, yeah. I had exams every month. There were only maybe like one or two months that I didn't have a final. I had finals almost every month in that wow. duration. You know, so it was, it was tough. Again, in this time, when I got overwhelmed, many times I did. My, the first push 
was because I borrowed the money. There was Bessie over my head. <laughs> I had to read because if you don't read, you're not going to fail. How will you pay the money back? You know, that was the first thing that pushed me. That was the first thing I kept using to remind myself. Like, I don't know how to owe. So the earlier I can finish this program, go back and pay that money back. I just want this out of the way. And number two, I had to, I look at my children and I feel I have brought these children away from grandma, grandpa, aunties, aunt, uncles, cousins. Am I not going to come here and fail? What mm -hmm. picture am I going to be telling my child? What picture am I going to be telling my son, my daughter, that you can do things anyhow? I had to use that to motivate myself so that tomorrow I'll not be like one of those Nigerian parents that everybody came first, but when you see the result, it told a different <laughs> thing. You know, so I knew that I needed to push myself. And I had a very, very strong support system. Mm. That was very important. It was very important that I had where my children could be safe for me to step back and read. My husband was my, there were times where he had to step in for me, stepped in for me a lot of times. And I had to put in the work. I knew I had to put in the work because of all these things. And it was tough work. Honestly, it was tough. In the moments when I was putting in the work, there were days where I would sleep off on the dining table trying to finish an assignment that was due the next day. If you don't finish that assignment due the next day, you know you're coming back from school again with another one. So yeah. the, the, you have to do it every day. Like that program showed me. It showed me, but I showed it back, you know. But, but when I started to see my results, I think the motivation now even increased. Like, okay, it's very possible. I wanted to succeed, no doubt. But when I saw my uh, final results, it was like, okay, so it's possible to succeed like this. Wow, somebody can have 100%. There were courses I did, I had 100%. You know, don't mean to brag, but I'm saying, I'm saying this to let somebody know that it's actually, it's actually possible. If you mm. push yourself in this place, there's no stopping you. It works for there's you. There's really no stopping you. I did 23 courses. One of them was typing. So out of 22, almost all of them had like a final grade. Out of all those courses, my lowest score in all of it was 91%. Lowest score out of, of, out of 20, about 22, 23 courses. You oh. know, so when I put my transcript in front of me now, I remember the work that went in. And it just tells me that if you put the work here, the result is not going to be, it's not, it's not, it's inevitable. Mm. Do you understand? I had courses I did where I had a hundred percent, like they didn't remove anything. Lowest score out of 23 courses, 91 percent. You know, wow. so uh, it's, it's very, <laughs> yeah, it was very humbling. It was just very humbling to see that I could see the direct result of hard work like that, you know. And then after I finished the program, the school immediately offered me a job for a 12-month term. The registrar at the time was going on um, maternity leave, and I got invited to say, okay, are you interested in this room? And I'm like, am I interested? These people don't know I'm owing 10 grand. Excuse me, ma, please, I'm interested. <laughs> you know, so I interviewed, went through the process, and eventually I got the job. You know, so it was just very humbling. When I look back now, I think about it. like, wow, okay. <laughs> That, oh, and that was not all. It was on that program that I got the award. Like, okay, I didn't even know the school used to, at the end of every academic year, they awarded the top graduating students. And it was my job, right? As registrar, when I now started working there, it was my job to pull out that report. So you can imagine how humbling and how proud of myself I was when I pulled out the report and my name was on it. I'm like, wait, what? what's going on here? Like, I did everything. It went through, like, the vetting committee and I got the award. So got the check, they gave me a check, I got the certificate, and then they published all our faces in the Saskatoon Star Phoenix in November 2017, and 
it was just very, for me, that's always going to be my reminder that if you set your heart to anything, whatever it is you set your heart to do, it's only your mind that can stop you. I was listening to her here on Monday and most of the things she was saying are things that I already, some of them I was already doing. I just didn't know that there was a proper name to call this thing. So if you set your heart, keep your heart on, keep your focus on what you really want. There's almost nothing that can stop you. So that's something mm. I think everybody should remember. Let, let me let everyone know why I'm like saying clap for Ehe because it takes a lot. People don't understand how much it takes. I came here, I mean, I did not, I did not come here with baby, child, husband, any of that stuff. <laughs> and I know how difficult it was for, for me. Tough, you know? tough work. So to be able to, to do all those things, that is really, really, really amazing. You spoke about something. You spoke about um, having a support system. Mm -hmm. What is the definition of a support support system for you like what what would be would you define that support system aside from your husband and which i'm sure hi i'm uh, aside from your husband which i'm so sure came through for you so many times what is the support system you had in the community or you okay. had in general okay so away from my husband and away from the set of first set of friends that i made in school i used to be on this i'm still on this facebook facebook group it's called finn female in in Nigeria, and he had at that time he had over a million women who were just there to support I'm each other. part of the group. <laughs> oh, okay. So somebody put up a post there one day and was talking about moving to Canada, how she's afraid that she's about to move her family to Canada, but she's afraid, she's afraid of the uncertainty. So people were um, commenting, and I commented on that post to say, uh, Me too, I'm moving soon, and I can I understand your anxiety, I feel the same thing too. And people just started replying to me and asked me, where are you going to be? I said, I'm landing in Saskatoon, because that time I was already sure where we were landing. And, oh my God, a lot of women started to respond to me. I'm in Saskatoon, when you come, give me a call. I'm in Saskatoon, I'll inbox you my number. Random people just started sending me messages. So before I came, so by the time I came here, I already knew a couple of people away from my husband, away from our host, you mm. know? So when I started reaching out to them, I'm still, they came through, Dami. That's just what I can oh, tell you. They came through. Somebody came to visit us like two days after we landed. She came bearing gifts. When we eventually now moved into our apartment, one day she just called me, where are you? I said, I'm at home. She said, okay, I'm at the side door. Come through the side. I opened the side. She opened her, the trunk of her car. And she had bought me things to furnish my whole kitchen. Iron, plates, pots, every. I didn't know these people. It was at some point it became hard convincing my husband that I didn't know them before. You know, it was hard to explain that I don't know these people. But that's the first, those were the first set of people that I met. And then, of course, with time, the circle became smaller. People got busy. I can't chase as in, I couldn't. We, we still keep in touch. Me and a number of those people still keep in touch. But there were some of them that now became closer to me than others. And one of those people just became an unofficial advisor. I call her unofficial because I don't pay her. But <laughs> she carried my matter on her head. Every time I would sit down and say, okay, so I don't know what I'm going to do from here. She would sit down. She would advise me career-wise. Okay, this is the next plan. In fact, the school that I went to, I was going to enroll somewhere else. A program that would have been two years was almost 25,000. And she said, why? No, check this option, check this option. I had people who were, it was like from the beginning, she was just interested in seeing me succeed. Till today, she's part of my mm. inner circle. So that's where she would introduce me to people, people who were in the same field as I am, people who had succeeded in previous fields. She would introduce me, give me everybody's number, call them, talk to them. So I had that, I had that kind of, I feel like I had that 
that kind of buffer sort of somebody was looking out for me you know so that's where the support started growing from from high i started to meet other people and then when i started school i started to build like a circle of friends and then when we started going to church i had like a circle of friends there as well this same person in church would introduce me to after service on sunday she would hold my hand and be showing me this is meet this person meet that person so that's where my support system started from they were the first set of party guests we had every time it was somebody's birthday aside my neighbors that I already knew you know so the circle just kept expanding and kept growing from there and today i mean it's one now she's the one who's using me the same thing she was doing for me at that time introducing me to people who would offer me advice give me people's number and say call them they'll talk to you now she sent my number to people say talk to her it was like like i've come full circle where it was me calling for advice now i have random people just come and say hi i got your number from so 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 when i started working in that school when i went from student to staff it was like a shared man on my Nigerian community. Everybody started <laughs> calling me. Even when they come to the school, didn't know I was there. There will be times where I would pick the phone and answer. They'll say, hi, can I talk to the Nigerian woman who works here? I'm like, you guys, don't put me in trouble, please. <laughs> you know, there will be times where they will come for counseling and speak with the counselors there. After they finish, they'll not come and corner me and say, please, can I just talk to you? And then it's like I do counseling all over again. So, yeah, I've come full circle, honestly. Just thinking about it now, just gladdens my heart that I'm in a position where I have information to offer to people. I'm now able to offer the help that I was giving and just grateful that I can pay that forward. So that's how my support system started and that's how it has expanded since then. That is so awesome. And um, that's such a beautiful story. I like hearing things like this because, um, you know, sometimes there's always like this misconception that we're out to, we're competing with each other. Yes, there's that part. It's there, actually. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, we also come through for each other. You know, um, what would you say to somebody? Because I, I also find that a lot of time we, there's, a, there's, a prob there's a tendency to isolate ourselves, you know. So what mm -hmm. would be that... How would you recommend um, or how would you suggest someone network in, okay, you're just landing. What are the few steps in meeting people or integrating yourself into the system? What, what would be your recommendation? So there are like a number of ways that people can um, network. It, first of all, I'll say it depends on what you're looking for. What kind of, what kind of uh, contacts are you trying to build? Are you looking at just professional relationships only? Mm -hmm. Then LinkedIn will be your first place. LinkedIn might be a good place for you to find other professionals in the same city that you're in and connect with them. Yeah. I find that the Open Door Society, especially in Saskatoon, is a good place to start because they would point you in the direction of other people. Open Door usually will keep like a, and I understand now that there are a number of Nigerians working there which is a good thing because when you now come in as a Nigerian, they would give you advice as a settlement counselor and then give you advice as a Nigerian person. Like I saw that happen to me and I was very grateful for that, you know, so that's another place. And then there's the Nigerian association, even though I wish that we're more functional, functional in a lot of other ways, but it's a basic way to meet people. And then we cannot rule out the power of social media. That's one place to meet people, honestly, like, that's that's what i would say if you don't already have people here if you already have people here then they would have to do the first set of work introducing you to other people depending on your needs mm. so again it boils down to I, i've met a lot of people who are newcomers who really are not interested in associating with other people well i don't know how they're doing it 
but <laughs> I cannot force you to relate to people if you're not interested <laughs> in relating. <laughs> so it depends on individual needs, individual what you're looking for to a large extent to de de determine where you go to find that. Thank you so much, Marina. Now, if you have any questions, if you have any questions for Marina, this is a good time to put it in the comment section. There's a question tab right beside the comment section that you can use, or you can just put it as a comment, and I would definitely ask Mar Marina your question. Somebody actually sent in a question. It's more of an immigrant question, so I wasn't sure if I wanted to take it. But someone said, how many people can I nominate? Nominate? I think it's what, like as in, that's like a core immigration question. How many people yeah. can you nominate? Well, it depends on where you are. Are you able to nominate people? What are you nominating them as, as family or? Yeah, I, I would need more information for that. I'm not sure I understand exactly um, what you mean. Okay, yeah. I, Another thing, and just to add to um, how can people meet other people? How can people find information? How do people know where to go? I feel like that's is one of the major reasons why my YouTube channel was born. Mm. There were a lot of things that I wanted to learn when I came away from my primary association. So all the um, experiences that had been shared with me were people who were in my circle, right? Mm. So I didn't really know anything outside that circle, not because it wasn't sufficient, but I just wanted a variety of experiences. I wanted to hear more practical experiences from other people, but there was nowhere to find that information. There was no way, it seemed like the information that was out there was very theory, like step one, step two, step three. Nobody says, this is how I did step one. I failed in step one, so don't do that for step one. This is how to do step two. So when I didn't find that, that's where the, the need, the yearning to say, you know what, I think more people need to put out practical stories out there so that people know what they're dealing with. People are better able to manage their expectations and make better choices, better decisions, when they're coming to places like this. So that's where that my channel was born. And as God will have it, there are a number of other Nigerian YouTubers have been com coming into the YouTube space now opened me to other people who are um, talking about similar things, people who are in other provinces who are doing the same things. Mm. So, so YouTube is fast becoming a very um, important resource. Mm -hmm. There's almost nothing now you cannot find on YouTube that somebody has talked about. It might not be as extensive one to the other, but there's something basic out there that you would find at least that should form a template for um, what you're looking for. So, Thank you. Next, let's talk about raising a family in Saskatchewan. How was that process like? You have your children are uh, seven and... Six. They're seven and six now. Seven and six. Um, so, how, I mean, getting them into schools, um, what the educational system is like, you know, here... I mean, you, you said you came when they were two and three, right? Yeah. So mm -hmm. they had to be a certain age to get into school. True. All True. that stuff. You know, like in Nigeria, it's like, there's... My son was already in school, there. Seth. He was in kindergarten two plus or kindergarten <laughs> pre-K three something, and he was three years old. So, <laughs> so yeah. Three something. It's not in school, it's not... They don't give those two fancy names to collect all our money. We know. <laughs> well, getting into school... Mm -hmm. Getting into school wasn't so much of a hassle because we came in May and this is about the time where they're trying to now put together the enrollment list for the um, fall start year, you know, but my son was three. He could not get into, he could get into um, preschool because mm -hmm. the, the, the rule was that 
you have to have been at least four years old before January 31st of the next year before mm-hmm. you can get into preschool. And luckily, my son was born in January. So he made that cut off. He was able to get into preschool like September following when we landed. But my daughter was too young. She had to be in, in um, daycare. So school was, it was, it was pretty easy getting into school. The adjustment, it was not so hard for my son because he was already in school. He was already in school in Nigeria. So he had some experience being in class with other children, following rules, doing circle time and those other things they do. So he understood there was some kind of foundation for a structure. Uh-huh. So adjusting was okay for him. My daughter, on the other hand, had a bit of a hard time with daycare uh-huh. in the first couple of months because she had not been in daycare. I had living help in Nigeria, which is what I miss. <laughs> anyway, I digress. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> now, what you got, so you had no... Well. <laughs> so she had a bit of a hard time adjusting to the structure and then she had never really been away from home there was always a familiar face there was always an aunt there was always the nanny or there was mommy and daddy there so being put in daycare where my son was take, going to school from daycare so there were times where my, her brother wasn't there mommy wasn't there no familiar face was there so the adjustments were a bit was a bit tough for her so the first month was it was hard it was very hard, but with time, she started to adjust and started to understand that it's daycare, it's for you to go and play, it's not prison, and then she started to come around. <laughs> she started to come around and started to now look forward to going. So that part, I would say, has been uh, pretty seamless. And then when she got into preschool, because daycare had already formed some kind of template with structure, with other children and playing, adjusting to school was now easier. You know, mm. so that the transition was it was smoother for her. Mm. So I would say I would say we have had that part good, adjusting to school and yeah, getting the children to now just switch and understand the new system. It was it was easier than I thought. I thought it was going to be harder for them to adjust. But they tell us that children adjust faster than even the parents. They like winter. They liked the winter more than I did. The first couple, the first two winters where I would complain is cold. They're like, what? No, it's not cold. They quickly adjust to that one. So they, they adjusted uh, rather quickly to, to things, quick, faster than I thought they would. Nice. Awesome. So there are some questions coming in. Someone says, how is the field of health management like for an immigrant? I have a, few, I have a first degree in management. Health management. So I don't want to give out any information that I'm not sure of. Mm-hmm. It is something that I would be willing to look into, like do some kind of research about it and respond to. But, but right now, over the top of my head, I can't really say this is how health, ma- health management, are there specific um, areas of health management you're looking at or what exactly is health management? How, where are you looking at in like a, yeah, I just want to do some research so I don't give you any off-key information. So, yeah. It's yeah. not a fact. If, yeah. if, if the person is willing to send an email, I can leave my email address with you, Dami. So they send that um, industry-specific questions to to you, and I can look into that and respond to them. I just don't want to give any information that I'm not very sure of right now. Okay, thank you. Next question. It's in of Saskatoon, a good university to study as an international student so it's university of saskatchewan Saskatchewan. okay for an international student it's university of saskatchewan a good school so i had um just a little under one year experience working in one of the graduate schools in university of saskatchewan and i can tell you from what i saw there that 
it is a good school for an international student. It's not as expensive. It's not as competitive as those. It's not like it's not a good school. You just can't, thinking about it from the angle of co competition from the bigger schools in the bigger provinces, it's not like that. And I would say, yes, it's a good, it's a good um, Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan is benefits. a good place. It's an affordable place to live. It's a, it's a fair place to start. And the school is good enough. So I would say yes. I would say yes. So for um, the person who was asking about health management, I'm just seeing a comment now that the Saskatchewan Health Authority is a very good place to look at just to see what your opportunities are. Saskatchewan Health Authority is like the biggest employer of um, health-related because of the region. So that might be a good um, resource to check. Thank you very much for putting that up. Yeah, so to add to the University of Saskatchewan, one of the benefits also is that it's one of the universities, one of, because of where it is, Saskatchewan, like you get health benefits. Yeah, so, yes. So yeah, so your health yeah, insurance and everything is covered. Um, yeah, so that's that. Um, next question. Any heads up as to the areas in Saskatoon to, to get accommodation in terms of cost and safety? Well, pretty much a lot of places in Saskatoon are relatively safe. There's that notion that the, the East west. is safe, the West is unsafe. I have lived in the West for four years and I have not had any safety concern. Wow. Yeah. There were times where I was living, when I was living in blocks of apartments, there were days where we slept, forgot to lock the doors. There were days where we forgot to lock the car. There were days where we slept and left our key on the door keyhole from outside nothing happened you know uh, so that, i know that that, i know that there are parts of the west that should mm -hmm. be avoided <laughs> there are certain there are certain there's like a radius of two major streets that should be avoided because of um concentrated gang activities that happen there so people are generally advised to avoid those areas can we say where they are no no that's that's not well Usually they say the west, western, um, um, the western Saskatoon, um, but as it's not everywhere in the west. It's not everywhere. Yeah, it's just the, that particular the radius. Or downtown area. Yeah, yeah. those are the places that I would say is unsafe. So in terms of cost and safety, I'll say that depends on your budget. There are places in the west that are now accommodation is increasing. It's not as cheap as it was when I first came. When I first came, I think we got like a two bedroom apartment. It was like seven ninety nine, um, for a month right in the west side but now that same apartment is like could be like a thousand ninety-nine or eleven hundred or whatever it is the cost of accommodation is increasing so it will depend on you and how much you're willing to spend on accommodation as a newcomer but it's relatively safe in almost um every part of the city you would find everything that you need almost wherever you are where's the school the school is located in so university of saskatchewan is the tour. university of regina is located in regina so um Someone says, I have a friend and he's a medical doctor. What can I tell him to do? What can I tell him to do to come to Saskatchewan? Want to put, want to put him through as he starts the express entry application? That's a very, very loaded question. That's more of an immigration question. It's like we will tag him um, Info Place Canada to come and answer yeah. that question. <laughs> The uh, immigration uh, processes have changed so much since I first came here. Changing. Like it keeps changing. So what it was for me is not what it is now. You would need somebody who's into core looking into immigration processes proper to give you like the 
clearest clear picture of what is obtainable at the moment. InfoPlace Canada is a very useful resource on Instagram. You might want to look up that account. She's now on YouTube. You might want to follow her. She shares really valuable um, immigration advice. So that might be a place to go to. I'm just not talking about the core, how to migrate is just outside my per yeah. primary area of expertise at the moment. You know, and, and that's like one of like the most emails and questions that I get. And I tell people, I can't to Canada in 2008, like <laughs> the over 12 years, very like, and I came very differently. I came, I was an international, so I don't know anything about all these new processes, and it's not yeah. a field that I'm in. So that's why I always, because people, again, people always are like, well, she charged me, she's consultation. I'm like, yeah, because she spent of a lot course. of time. Immigration licenses are not cheap. They have to They're go not... to school. Yeah, you know, to be licensed to do that. So that's why because, that's why they charge you. Every time I refer refer her, refer her, um, people to her, and they're like, "Oh no, we want." I, I can't just give you advice. Immigration is such a sensitive thing that I can't. I don't want to be careless and just give. And I and I also find that it's not a one one advice fits all. They're going to have to tailor that advice to suit your specific individual circumstances. So the advice that she gave one person, you can't even run with that. If your own personal situation is different, it might not be very helpful to you. That's why it's advisable to either look it up on the website just to see what's there or look up channels on YouTube that talk about immigration. I know that there's another person, her name is, um, channel name is Canada Info Hub. She does a lot of talking about routes of migration as well. And then there's Info Place Canada, but you really want to do a lot of research just to check and tailor down what is there to meet your specific um, needs. Okay. Um, thank you. Um, Insta Gempro, please, can you, can, can you put your question in the comment section? Don't worry about the question tag. Just put it on the question section and I'll read it. So any additional thing that you want to say to people that are looking to migrate to um, that considering Saskatchewan as an option, anything, because I'm just waiting for more questions to come in. Anything you would like to just let them know that they should know, whatever it is, what would okay. you say? Well, the first thing I'm going to tell everyone who's looking at this province and interested here is that the correct pronunciation is Saskatchewan. <laughs> I have heard variants that I cannot even repeat in public. <laughs> I've had so many funny, funny ways people call this name. Well, yeah, that's just him on the side. The first thing I'm going to say is Saskatchewan is a great place to raise a family. It's a very good place to start as a newcomer. It's not... Um, it's not as populated, it's not as noisy, it's not as rowdy. It's, it's, a, it's an economy that is growing. So there are opportunities that are forever springing up. If you want something that mimics that, um, what we know as Nigerians, our culture, our laid back, conservative, that's almost moral and religious undertone, Saskatchewan mm -hmm. is a good place. Saskatoon has been a I found adjusting to life in Canada here easy. Oh. I found it easier than it would have been if I was in the bigger, the more, do you understand what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's an option to look at. It's a, it's a, I would recommend it to anybody, anytime, any day, anytime. Cause I mean, I've been blessed in this place. Honestly, I've been blessed here and it's a place that has opportunities that people can tap into. So. 
Thank you, Marina. Let's, some questions are coming in. How would you rate the, the availability of job opportunities in Saskatoon? I'm an accountant and I intend to practice. So again, a good thing you specified what your um, profession is. It, a lot of it depends on your profession. There are some um, jobs that are more in demand than others. Like I find that people who are in like banking, administration, HR, accounting, it's not always very difficult for those people to find jobs. Because I mean, everywhere needs accountants, everywhere needs bankers, all offices needs admin and um, HR, right? So those, there are spe specific jobs that are always going to be more in demand. If you're an accountant and you're looking to practice, there's something called CPA here. CPA exam is what separates accountants from accountants. That certification is going to give you a step ahead. So that's an option you might want to um, consider looking at when you come just to see what the options are. With that designation on your resume, with that certification on your resume, you're going to be hot cake. That's what I find happens here. So it's to start mm -hmm. to look at that certification or any other course that you can do here that just gives you like an advantage. Every, the kind of education you get here, it's not, it's not going to be wasted. I find that if you, if you're going to school um, with the goal of reaching a particular place, like as an accountant, now you come in and you say, okay, you know what, maybe I'm going to do an accounting diploma for six months just to add Canadian education to what you already have and then start to work towards that CPA designation. That's a goal. You're on your way somewhere, right? And then when you now get that designation is when you now start to get the really juicy offers. So it'll depend on you. Like, what are you, what are you looking for? Are you going to remain in the same field? Are you looking at a career switch? What are you, what area are you now going to diversify into if you're looking at other options? How readily available, how in demand is that area where you are? If you're going to continue in accounting, CPA is the way forward. That's what I'll say. Thank you. That's actually a good response. Um, okay, so someone says, um, hey, Marina, odd question. Are you from Edustis? You look like my mom. No kidding. Yeah, <laughs> I look like your mom. <laughs> Like so no, I'm I'm actually from Delta State, but I was born and bred in Benin. So yeah, there's the Edo girl something going on underneath. I lived in Edo State like for the first major years of my life. Went to school in Edo State until I moved to Abuja for NYSC and I didn't move back. So uh, Bendel sort of, not Edo mm -hmm. precisely, but Delta State. Okay. Thank you. So she's she she might be your mom's sister. <laughs> I'm just joking. Please go um, and give me money. Advice, your mother. <laughs> <laughs> said, is there for someone to move from London to Canada? You reckon? Is that London, England, yeah. or London, Ontario? I I think the person means London, England. London. If it's advisable for somebody to move from London to Canada. Mm -hmm. My first question would be why? What is the reason? What are you looking for? Like, what are you? What's the? What's going to be influencing that decision? Mm -hmm. If you're able to identify the reason why you're doing it, then why not? Is what I would say. Why not? If you if you're considering the move from London to Canada, there's definitely a reason why. And if you put all the cards on the table, are you looking at it because of? what like what could be what what's the what's the drive behind that is it a different kind of life is it what exactly is the move what's the motivation is it work is it career is it family that's what would determine if it's going to be a good move so it depends mm. on you your reason why mm. yes because some people i know some people that came from the uk and they necessarily not like it because you know that uk is still like a 
mini fraction of Nigeria. One kind. It's a version of Nigeria. You know that mm -hmm. that's easy access to a lot of things that you would you would access True. in Nigeria. You know. So again, as she rightly said, what's your reason why? Why why would you want to move? Um, someone says Oginite. Sorry if I'm butchering your name. There are some neighboring towns and cities close to Saskatoon. Which other cities or towns are great apart from Saskatoon and Regina? I saw on McLean's CA that the city of Waman is one of the safest. Which other city would I say is great apart from Regina and Saskatoon? In fairness, I haven't lived anywhere else other than Saskatoon. So I can't really um, advise based on what I haven't experienced. There are a number of neighboring cities um, around Saskatoon. There's Warman, there's Martinsville. There are those other places that are uh, smaller communities that are very family friendly, very family oriented. Mm -hmm. Which other cities are great? Great is relative. For me, Saskatoon is great. To another person, Saskatoon is trash. You mm -hmm. know, so what exactly are you looking for? What would make up, what would constitute great for you? What, what would be in a city that would make it great? for you. If it's safety, if it's affordability, if it's those things, then Saskatchewan is generally that. So regardless of where you find yourself, you would find semblance of what you're looking for. So yeah, it depends on you. What are you looking for? What do you need in a city for it to be great? Yeah, and you just to stick on the city of one of woman, um, I, while I was in corporate Canada, I used to, I worked in banks, so these, I was one of those people that used to go to different branches. And so I, Woman was one of the branches that I always used to go to. It's a very, very nice place. It's one of those new upcoming cities. Some people oh, think, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like an extension of Saskatoon. That's true. Um, Woman and Martinsville, I know I like that. So yeah, so it's, it has that modern, like it's, it's upcoming. They're just building and all that. So it still has that vibe. Someone um, says, please, with communication degree, are there good opportunities? Communication is very broad. Are there particular um, sectors you will be looking to get into with the communication? Because PR is a big thing here. Public image is a big thing. Like the organization that I work in has an entire business unit dedicated to marketing and communications. So it's a big thing. It will now depend on you and how you're able to, to niche down what exactly you want and sell yourself in that area. So yeah, I would say there are opportunities for that. Yeah, and to add to that, there are a lot of because it's such a big deal now, especially in the in the age that we're we're True. in. Um, so it's something that is ever evolving. It's it's, it's one of those industries yeah. that I think you know in in the next couple of years is going to be the eat industry, digital yeah. marketing, communications, you know, and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. I think that they are good opportunities in general um yeah. i saw a few other questions i think that was asking about moving from uk to um to canada said for community oriented atmosphere uh i think you might get more of the community atmosphere in london uk i like i from the last time that i've been in uk i, I feel like you guys have more of that vibe just because it's also a canada is really big Canada, I believe, is yeah. like the second biggest country in the world. So it's like, it's not as, you know, one of the things that, one of the misconceptions that I had, you know, coming was wanting that community vibe where you can just go and knock on the next door. Please, I need salt. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's not that close yet. 
yes this we're not there yet True. we're not there like it's pretty it's pretty big so that community vibe you will get more of that in in the uk i think just um, to add to that dami i think it, it the part of it is going to depend on that the circle where that person is Mm. Because lately, I had a video that I put up recently and I was talking about Nigerians not being nice to each other abroad. The reason why I put up that video was I started getting a lot of emails from people who, because from my channel, I always encourage people to network, reach out to other Nigerians, no matter, even if you guys are not going to be best friends, but you can learn from their experiences. And I had a lot of people, majority of them are in the UK, that were sending me messages just to share the nasty experiences that they have had. With other nigerians so i know that there's that thing going on where there's the silent almost from the from the temperature of the emails what was common was almost like there's a silent need to compete with one another and a desperate conscious need to keep people down so that you're always rising so if that person has had bad experiences with um other nigerians i can understand why she would want to seek go somewhere else to find that community orientation. But the truth is that thing is everywhere. It will now depend mm. on you. Like what, what circle you are in, what kind of advice are you listening to? What do you really want? What is your drive? If you are among, if you now get involved in circles of people who are very competitive, who are more pressing the next person, you might just be repeating the same pattern over again. You know, so it's very, that thing is everywhere. It depends on you and what circle you are in and what decisions, what luxuries you're willing to forego just to have that thing that you say you're looking for. So it's everywhere. It just depends on you. You so you were talking about, um, we're talking about community experience. Mm -hmm. so, we, we all have a role to play in how much community experience we enjoy. That's the truth. Like mm -hmm. that's, that thing is everywhere where People are silently competing. And it's not just among Nigerians. There are other communities too. Like they look good from the outside, but when you get in, you realize, okay, the same thing is happening there as well. Like I have a lot of Asian friends who t talk to me about, complain to me about what is happening in their own um, communities as well. So that thing is everywhere. Sure, it now depends on you. Hmm. Please, can you, someone said they asked a question. Please, can you ask it again? Sorry, we lost the question. Um, sorry, please ask it again so that we can quickly ask. Marina. So please, if you have any other questions, we just have a few minutes left because I've taken a lot of Marina. So make sure you ask the questions right mm -hmm. now. As I said, Marina is always someone that you can always reach out to as well. And if you are not following her, just go and follow her. She's, her vibe is, her energy is everything. Um, so make <laughs> sure you follow her. Yeah. So, um, and I wanted to say about the community thing, I find that now it seems like with our generation is getting better you know when i, I think first came, so too, yeah. it was when i first came it was it was not this way everyone people wanted to be the i'm the only black person in my organization i'm the only people took pride in things like that and not realizing that things that there's no we are not moving forward you know we're yeah not, there's not enough representation Indians and Chinese. like have you seen one Indian enters an opportunity they, they are bringing their entire family it's true you know so but I think that our mindset is beginning to change because we have to um be empowered as a community so I'll just ask the few questions that I have yet um someone says uh thank you god bless you both Dami and Marina please amen um Yinka 1503 says Marina does Saskatchewan require I 
IELTS to get admission? University of Saskatchewan? Yeah. Okay, so I want to believe you're asking if you need a proof of language proficiency to get admission. So it's a standard requirement on the website of the University of Saskatchewan in most of the graduate schools. However, um, applicants from a number of West African countries, I'm, I'm very sure of Nigeria and Ghana, you qualify for what is called a proof of language proficiency waiver. You can provide a letter from your school just indicating that the primary language of instruction in that program was English and then you qualify for the waiver. So you don't have to provide um, proof of language test scores with that letter you can still be admitted. I know a number, as in there were a lot of admissions um, that I processed like that, that didn't need IELTS. And it's very important for you to check and make sure that the school will allow you waive that requirement. Because I've seen people who provided proof of language scores, it was not necessary, their scores were so bad, and then it worked against them, mm. right? If you qualify for a waiver, please don't provide test scores if you know that all oh, your score is not nine 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 one, you know, that sometimes you can now go and provide information that's not needed and it can work against you. I saw that work against people. University of Saskatchewan precisely has that requirement. You can qualify for a waiver if you're from Nigeria, from Ghana, and I think the English speaking countries in Western Africa they qualify for that. So you know just check. Yeah, for the U of S, and I can say this because for myself and my sibling, it worked out for U of S and U of R. Um, we just used Awaek for and I, I didn't do any and that this was like 2010. My sibling, this was 2019. So yeah. all we did for, was for undergrads. For undergrads, if they have any concerns, if they have any reason to worry about your language proficiency, then they will send you to um, International Study Abroad Center just to double check to be mm -hmm. sure that your language requirement is. You're not going to struggle in the program if you don't have the adequate um, language proficiency. But for grad students, I know mm. that because you already, if you already have a degree that was in English, then you qualify for that waiver. So mm. what, what I was explaining is for at graduate level. Right, okay. Um, someone says, as a travel agent in Nigeria, please, is there a place for immigration for me? You might need to look on the express entry NOCs to see if there's a class of... Um, if there's an occupation for tourism, your first choice is to look, your first um, step is to look on the immigration website to see if they are looking for tourism as a class, as in an occupation in demand. If it is, then you can start your application from there. Mm. Okay. So it's amazing how Indians and Chinese are doing great and working with themselves. Another person says it's Saskatchewan. Tourism industry, okay. Can someone get a job in the tourism tourism industry like tour guide etc that's not a sector that i'm very familiar with but but saskatchewan has a lot of like we were talking about earlier there are a lot of things to do there are a lot of places to go so that might be an option that is open that not a lot of people know about like the, those western mm. like development museum they need people who will go around and show people things there are a lot of a lot of places where tourism is happening that we don't really know about. So that's, that might just be untapped resources right there, opportunities that not a lot of people are familiar with. Might be worth it to give it a shot. Oh, nice. Someone said, um, Tiny's Vista says, Marina, can you make a video of places to visit in Saskatoon? 
Absolutely. Part of the plan for summer before Uncle Korose, all of us should stay at home. But that's something I'm, I'm, I'm looking at. Hopefully all the restrictions are lifted soon and we can, I can explore. I have a lot of things I want to talk about that require other people that requires, uh, require me to be outside of the house, but with the restrictions that are on ground right now, I have to wait until it's safe to do that. But that's on my, on the plan. Yeah. To do, yeah. That, that would be really, really nice. Um, someone says the biggest problem is that despite the fact that Nigerians have everything to ensure we create better opportunities for our people to immigrate and do well, send money back home to help them, to help the country. Um, but most Nigerians just want to have benefits only. Sick of having such around me. Canada sounds more progressive. It seems like a lot of specific questions around university. I'm very open to taking the question. So you can follow me on Instagram and send me a DM. I, I try as much as I can to respond within 48 hours at the most. So if you're okay with just following me and sending me a DM, we can take it from there. I can give you the shares from the small experience I have. The one says, do University, University of Saskatchewan require payment of tuition for visa to be granted? Actually, yes. So depends on the program you're trying to get into. If it's at grad level, when you get accepted, there's a minimum amount that is required that you deposit of your tuition to secure your spot in that program. Uh -huh. When I was there, I know it was 5,000 Canadian dollars. When you get accepted, you have to pay $5,000 minimum of your tuition to secure your place in that program. That deposit is refundable. So if you pay it and you get rejected, the university re, um, refunds the money to you. So yes, you are required to pay that amount upfront. It is also advisable for you to pay a little more than that of your tuition, just to show the visa officers that you are not going to be pressed to now run away from school to go and work because you're trying to make money to pay your tuition. So the more money you have, the better it is. But I don't think um, tuition and visa, uh, paying tuition upfront is the major reason why people get rejected if you're looking it's going to improve your chances it's going to look better on the application but there are a number of other factors that the um, assessing officers look at in an application to establish if they will give you the study permit or not major mistake i find a lot of people make is that you do not establish you you're not able to convince the assessing officer that when your program is over you intend to leave canada now we know that that's not the plan a lot of people who come here as international students don't intend to go back they want to be able to settle into life here which is a good thing but at the point where you're applying you need to on almost do it like please i just came here to read i'm going back that's what you want to be showing them that i have enough to take me back to my country. I am more interested in going back to my country. I just came here to study. I'm going back home. That's the picture you want to be painting to them. Do you understand? If they're able to come if you're able to convince them that you have enough ties to go back to your home country for, then your chances of getting the study permit is higher. It is okay to pay tuition as much as you can, but mm -hmm. that's not the that's not the major, that's not the first reason why people get rejected if they don't pay um, tuition upfront. Thank you, Marina. So it says, Marina, I have lots of questions to ask. You probably need your email to send all my questions. So just again, send me a yeah, bless that from there. <laughs> That's from there. Just go to her handle right now. Make sure you're following her. Send her a DM. She'll, she'll give you an email address. Um, Marina, any last words, people, you know, just to encourage, you know, parting words. 
You have the floor. Well, thank you very much for all of you who joined, my Nigerian followers who have been complaining to me that ah, you didn't consider us. How can you put it at midnight? It's not me. I had to follow Dami. Dami has a platform that has more Canadian uh, following, so we have to work with what's convenient for her audience. That's why. But thank you very much for those of you who stayed awake. For everybody who's considering moving away from Nigeria, wherever you are, and you're considering moving to Canada, I would say sit down. Uh, remind yourself of the why, remind yourself of the reason why and hold on to it, regardless of all what other people are doing. There will be distractions along the way, but holding on to the reason why you're doing it is going to be a major, major win for you. Being able to keep your eyes on the goal is very important. And the sky is big enough for all of us to succeed. We're always going to be better when we succeed together. So don't, yeah, that thing of family, that thing of community should be important to everybody. Let's not isolate ourselves. We're always going to be better together. So that's my advice for everybody. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you very much, guys. This was so much fun. I had fun doing this. Thank you, everybody.